0: Precious Listen. building, you are more than the air. I, close to my I heart, see her face and know that she so sees. The reflection breath. is more than you see. You are more than a phenom, lasting essence longer than eons. In the plateau that we on. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex, the poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Um, it's been a long two weeks that um, I had to take a break, Um, I had the flu really bad and it triggered uh, my polyomyositis and I have been just very, very fatigued, my throat has been going in and out, um, just really, really painful, really stressed, Um, it did create some some spiraling, you know, because it's a trigger for me that when I get sick and then I'm just unable to move or do anything, um, it frightens me, to say the least, like I, every time I was waking up, like for a whole week, like I'll be up maybe 30, 45 minutes at, at tops or at max. And I would just get really, really fatigued and I need to go back to sleep. I end up having to take a week off of work, just um, not only my regular work, but of course, I, you know, I took a week off of the podcast. I took a week off the poetry show. Um, I didn't do uh, much for the apparel, like it has been a very hectic two weeks like i'm so glad that i'm able to uh kind of speak clearly um, my throat is still kind of uh kind of sore um i feel like i'm i'm kind of talking like uh i feel nasally but i'm going to try to get through it um so I hope you guys have been doing good. I apologize um, for having to cancel last week. I know you guys listen for this and are used to our mental health checks. So I hope that you guys did good. I hope that you guys kept fighting and kept pressing through. I prayed, you know, for all the listeners uh, while I was on hiatus that you guys were able to just have better days. Hope that you guys slept well. Uh, my sleep was completely interrupted, uh, not only from just not feeling well. I don't know what it was, but uh, my oldest goddaughter, like she just she couldn't sleep. And she was just up roaming. Excuse me again. I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know if it's nerves or what, but I always yawn or I have to like burp while I'm doing the pod. Um, And I apologize about that. But it's, it was hard for me to sleep going through my own stuff, but also hard for me to sleep because I was um, I was having to make sure that, you know, my goddaughter wasn't up doing anything, um, you know, that would hurt her in the middle of the night. But she was just walking around, just not wanting to sleep in her room. Um, like one of the nights, like I was knocked out and then I just, I felt her like, having a nightmare and I'm like, where the heck does she come from? But it is what it is. It was just it was hectic. It was hectic overall. But like I said, um I'm glad that I made it through. I'm glad that um I'm at the tail end of whatever it is. My body is still very, very sore. Excuse me, my body is still very, very sore. Uh, feels like, like it's bruised. But that comes with the autoimmune, you know, situation that I have going on. And it'll get better eventually, just got to get back to doing therapy, got to get back to exercising, et cetera. So with that, like, it's just it's been a roller coaster of emotions. The kids get nervous. Of course, when they get nervous, I get nervous. and it's like I have a lot of the facts about, you know, every single thing that I've been diagnosed with. I have a lot of the facts. So just having these conversations with them and letting them know that, you know, this is what you do in case of this. It just creates so much. And especially with it being so close to um, the anniversary of uh, Kennedy's passing, uh, it's just it's it's been just. I don't even know how to explain it because King's birthday is the 18th. Kennedy's birthday is the 24th. So it's a happy moment of celebrating King's, you know, um, celebrating King's life on the 18th and then remembering Kennedy's, uh, uh, how do you say, memorializing Kennedy on the 24th. She would have been one years old. So it's just a roller coaster of things that just have me kind of just out of whack with, with, uh, with the birthdays coming up, Christmas coming up with just being triggered with certain things and kind of reliving everything that happened last year. I know that, um, I'll never forget. I know, you know, well, I don't know, but people say with time, you know, it'll, I'll be healed, but it's just, it's so hard. It really is. It's such a difficult thing, but, like, I always tell you guys, just keep pressing, keep pushing. And when I, like, I don't want to sound dismissive when I say that. Um, and I meant to clarify this. I think it was either last week or the week before. Because I, 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 it was brought to my attention how just saying that sounds di- dismissive. And a person who, like, for me, like I told you, when everything happened with Kennedy, everybody was like, oh, get a dog, get a dog. And I was just so confused, like, what the hell is a dog going to do? when I'm saying keep pressing keep pushing you know just keep moving forward I'm just saying don't quit if you gotta cry cry if you if you gotta sit still uh uh sit still I just don't want you to let the thought of quitting settle in your mind because I know it hurts I know it whether it's a loss of a child a sibling, uh a sibling whether it's a loss of an animal whether it's a loss of a job a friendship I know it hurts um and so we have to mourn how we mourn. So when I'm telling you keep pressing, keep pushing, I'm speaking to myself too because so easily we'll get caught up in the quitting. The pain will be so so difficult and it could create uh it could create a major spiral um and, and and we will regress from the progression that we have been trying to maintain so if i if if it sounded dismissive if if it sounded offensive in me saying keep going keep pressing keep pushing i do uh want to sincerely apologize for uh phrasing it that way but i hope you guys know me enough uh to understand that I don't ever want you to disregard your feelings and your emotions. I want you to be able to process through them. I want you to, to cry if, if necessary. I want you to breathe. I want you to meditate through it so that you can uh, uh, push in a healthy manner. I never want you just to um, put that thing to the side or put it on the back burner and act like nothing's wrong because that is, that is an unhealthy space to be in. And I'm telling you that from experience because I'm, I used to be the person that never said anything. I let it build up and then something triggers me. And then now I'm going off about everything as opposed to, what the issue is, if that makes sense. So I'm never wanting you guys to not have your emotions and not have your, uh, whatever your processing time is. My reasoning for saying, keep pushing, keep going, press through is so that you don't settle in the quitting. You don't, you don't settle in the negative. You don't settle in, um, the hurt, you know, you, 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 You got to keep your mind stirring with positive affirmation so that when that pain hits and you're sitting there and you feel like you're at your lowest low, that thought of, nope, I got to keep pressing. I got to keep pushing. I got to keep moving forward. it'll, It'll help you. It'll help you move. You see what I'm saying? Because the depression, the anxiety, the sadness, the hurt, it'll sit you down. It'll sit you down to a point to where nothing even matters, and I want you guys to be able to process through that. I want you guys to believe in yourselves, regardless of what the situation is. So that's why I say keep pressing and keep pushing. But again, I apologize if it seemed uh, dismissive, because being in my position, I don't ever want to sound, uh, I don't ever want to sound dismissive to anybody's uh, process like I say all the time I'm here a person fighting through through uh depression, you know, fighting through anxiety, a person who 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 just has so much trauma that I'm here to show you that we can keep fighting through it. I was looking for someone uh I was looking for someone in this space to be in real time going through real things and be able to talk about it so that i can say okay it's not just me because when you feel alone and you feel like nobody is going through what you were going through um you get to a real dark place and i won't speak on it but you all know what that dark place is so I couldn't find it for myself. So I said, okay, I'm gonna provide it for the next person that is in my position that, you know, may not may not be able to uh connect with celebrities, may not be able to connect with the rich and famous who, you know, um talk about it just recently and they never really share what's really going on. They never really share their story. They just all oh, get therapy, get therapy, get therapy. This is not a shot at anybody, any celebrity, anybody vouching for uh therapy and correcting and, and tending to your mental health. I'm just saying for me, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to see someone who was not uh, a super rich person, not, um, Like somebody who was in a normal life situation and see how they process through it. Because I know this is going to sound crazy, but I just feel like rich people... And celebrities, their 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 mental health is completely different from a person, a nine to five person, a single parent, um, who's working a nine to five, like, you know, especially with this pandemic going on. There's so much going on. Uh it's the holiday season, so it's so much stuff compounded on on top of everything. So I couldn't find that. Like everywhere I looked, it was a celebrity person and, and it's just like your perspective is for me, for me, your perspective is jaded because you are so far removed from the nine to five. Not saying you don't have struggles and you don't you don't uh uh struggle with your mental health, but your struggle is different. So I wanna see that person who who you know is a fighter through it. And like, there's like me, I'm, I I got a nine to five single dad, um, six kids, three God kids. It's a hectic life that I live, but I have to keep going. I got health conditions and, and, and and things that try to hinder me and stop me. Um, I'm trying to build a, 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 an empire for my kids and not necessarily, not necessarily to hand this off to the kids, but just to be, um, just to be a light for them. I didn't have this light when I was younger. Like I don't, when I was young, um, I knew people who hustled on the street, but I didn't know entrepreneurs where, um, like clothing lines and, in uh, self-published art, uh, authors, or I didn't know any of those type of people. The area that I grew up in, yeah, it people hustled, but that came with a cost. So for me, I feel like if I had someone to to look up to um that was fully in the entrepreneurial space as a kid, I may not have been able to, to do what they do, but I'll have those stepping stones um to to guide me when I feel like all right, this like I don't wanna do this, this is not what's was uh paying off. This is this is this is something that is not getting me nowhere. And then boom, oh, a a, a idea that I could do myself. Something that something that I could build myself. So now with me doing uh, the podcast, with me doing the poetry show, recite Night with Complex, with me having, uh, like I said, the clothing line, Peacefully Flawed Apparel, um, with me doing the podcast, with me writing books and recording the audio albums, the kids look at that as the stepping stone. You see what I'm saying? Now, because they see me get off work and they see me miserable, And then I come down here and I'm able to record and be free and be creative and all of these things. And then now it's like, all right, Dad, I want to start my business. My oldest, he's nonstop. Uh, Dad, I want to do my business. This is what I want to do. Boom, boom, boom. All right, son, study, research. So, so when we make it live, you'll know if you're getting into. Uh, My other son, he just said, Dad, you know what? I know all this time, because literally, literally since he's been like five. To, to maybe two weeks ago, all he wanted to do was be an architect. And now he's like, mm, he's really into anime, uh, uh, anime cartoons and stuff. So he's like, dad, I think I want to try animation. For me, it's still in the same wheelhouse because um, he wants to do digital animation. So his brain is still functioning as an engineer. It's just in a different form. They don't get there, you know. My 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 other son, uh, DJ Kingstone, he wants to be a DJ producer. They don't get there without seeing my brother Duck. They don't see. They don't. They don't get there without seeing him uh, draw. You know, draw, paint, airbrush, build, um, create a clothing line, create a movement, inspirational speaking. Um, me doing books. Excuse me. Me doing books. Creating a on line podcast, my other brother uh being in production, um, being in 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 uh what do you call them? Um being in film, directing plays, all of that type. They don't get that le- unless they see me, Duck, and Ken. And hear about me, Duck, and Ken doing the things that we've done. So it's important and like it, I have so much to talk about it, so I'm I'm sorry, like I'm apologizing in advance because that took me on a on a tangent that I w that I wanted to say for a different uh for a different episode, but but yeah, so they don't get there without this stepping stone. So it's important that we are able to process What we need to because, like I say, my kids are watching. I can't be down. And not saying I can't be down literally, but I can't let them see me down without fighting through it. Like I said before, I tell you guys keep pressing, keep pushing, because that's what I do. And... I cry, I discuss with my kids. I'm sad, I discuss with my kids. I'm happy, I discuss with my kids just so that they can they, they never have they'll never they'll never be able to say I quit. When they get ready to tell my story when my time is done and I'm gone and people be like your dad was this, your dad was that, blah 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 blah. blah. My kids are going to be able to tell the truth. They're gonna be able to say, look, my dad struggled heavily with mental health stuff. One thing is for certain though, he got up and he fought through it. He did whatever he had to do so that it wouldn't alter the household. And I understand that some like we don't have control over that. I I, I trust me, we I know we don't have control over that. But I I pray and I meditate and I I like one of my biggest thing is to to make sure that no matter what, I still can do what I need to do, um, with my kids. So it's important for me to, to just be able to do that. It's important for them to be able to, to see that. So that's why I I encourage the way that, that I encourage. So yeah, it's just, like I said, it's just been a lot. This, this two weeks of not, um, of recording, just thinking about certain things it just that i meant to like i said save that portion for a different part of um a different episode of the pod but it came out in yeah it's 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 what it is so yeah um all in all with that being said i think that um i'm good i'm good um i i hope that i can fully be I, I'm hoping that I could fully be, um, better within the next few days. Cause like my throat is still, my throat is still burning. Um, it, like I said, it goes in, it goes out, but I'm all right. I'm all right. You know, um, I have remedies and, and, and things that, that will help me maintain the pain. Um, I have some medicine that's going to help. That's going to continue to help with the congestion and stuff like that, but I'm back. Um, and we here. So the last, uh, two weeks ago, uh, we were talking about soul ties and I uh, was going through some things with that. I feel like that was, I. well, I don't want to say what I feel like. Um, but I got more questions from that. And then I got, um, another request of a subject to speak on, which I love. Um, I love that people are now kind of they hear where where I stand as who I am uh, morally. And then they ask me to talk about certain things, just wanting my perspective. And uh, this this week was. Interesting because I've been in this exact situation and it's blended. it's, It's blended families. Right. And it's the the. it's how to handle it both while you're in it and then mentally because I handle mine completely wrong. So I handled mine completely wrong and so like I said I never talk to you guys from a place of I never speak on a subject that I can't correlate to myself that I've never been through or um, I haven't seen it very, very close to me. And I'm not talking about TV. I'm not talking about reality shows or nothing like that. Um, I'm not talking about the next door neighbor. I'm talking about if I can't physically touch the the the, the subject, like uh, it has a meaning for me, I feel the pain or I feel the glory of it. I'm not going to speak on it. I'm um, in this situation. Like I said, I was asked about, um, first of all, in my group chat, we were talking about adoption. Right. And how, you know, could you could could you adopt and or could you give your kid up for adoption? And I had made a a comment that uh, if I ever win the Powerball, I'm going to go crazy and adopt as many people, as many kids as they allow me to, because I know this is corny, but the children are really your future, good or bad, right? A lot of these kids age out of, of of the system without ever getting that true love, that true nourishment. And a lot of these kids get labeled as bad, but they just don't have no understanding. They never had no guidance to, to guide them to where, you know, whatever their potential is. So it's, is frustration and it's hurt and it's pain, and so for that, for me, um, I'm like, yeah, I like no doubt. If I was able to adopt right now, I would. And so the 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 second part to that question was, do you see yourself being able to love a non biological kid like your own, and? I've been in that situation twice, one in a relationship where uh, my mate had kids. And now in the situation that I'm in with my goddaughters um, being here during the week. And I told you guys before that the first month that they were here, it was a. My daughter died and and my goddaughters are going to replace that feeling that I lost with, um, losing my daughter. Right. But after that first month, I'm like, nah, this it, it, not, this is not what it is at all. It's not changing anything. My feelings are still hurt. I still cry. It's like, like I said, the 24th, which is in a couple of weeks would be a year. And I still cry almost every other day. So them being here, don't it, it, immediately I learned within 30 days immediately not nah. so once that came to my mind and once i I stopped being selfish uh, because that is a selfish thing that is a very selfish thing um but once mentally I stopped being selfish and start and stop making it about um replacing my daughter I had to really look at my babies like no 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 no, no. Y'all are about to get the love that y'all deserve. Not saying they don't... Because I don't want nobody to ever come for me. I'm not saying they don't get love from their parents. But even before losing my daughter, anybody who knows me knows that when I'm responsible for kids, them kids are going to live their very best existence. Because that's just who I am. I just love... To help, I love to make sure kids are good. Um, I've been violated before. I know. I, I know that trust factor that is involved with um, with raising kids. So, with that being said, I was like, "Yeah." I said, "I love my ex's kids. Like, them kids belong to me." And I would do anything for them that they ask of me, as long as it doesn't disrespect her or her current situation. Those are my guys. They didn't have anything to do with what happened between me and their mom. That was between her and I. So I would do whatever as long as it doesn't disrespect her, her, her current situation uh, for those kids. With well, my goddaughters now. I love these girls like they're my girls because they're here they're here all week. You see what I'm saying? And I'm I'm not the babysitter type. If your kids come to my house, they will and, and they're here for a majority of their week or whatever. It doesn't even matter if they're here for one day. I'm going to raise them like my own. I'm going to love them and care for them. I'm going to make sure that uh, they're not sick. If they are sick, I'm going to make sure I get the medicine and I'm going to feed them and I'm going to love on them. I'm going to teach them. You know, I'm going to guide them the best way that I know how because I'm responsible for them. So I said that to them like, yeah, you know, I, I, I do it now. Is it hard? Yeah. It's hard for me because... I know at any given moment the arrangement that I have with my niece, you know, I'm helping her with uh, with my God babies. I know at any moment it could be over. It doesn't necessarily have to be over because it's a bad thing, but it could be like, OK, you help me do. And I, I've done what I what I set out to do. So, OK. The girls are with me now and. I'm at the point that I to where I understand that, so it helps me. It helps me raise them. It was a difference because at first I was watching them. That first month I was watching them because it's like, ooh, I I I I have daughters, you know. It's fulfilling the 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 pain and yada yada yada. Then once I realized, like, no, get out of your get out of your head, stop being selfish. I said, okay, I gotta raise y'all. I got to make sure I help potty train y'all. I got to make sure I help y'all start walking, start crawling. I got to make sure, you know, if I see something that uh, I need to tell your parents, like, oh, you need to watch for this, watch for that. I need to be able to do that and it be. It be heartfelt and not out of spite or not out of I feel like I'm a better parent than you blah 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 like I tell my niece all the time when I'm telling you stuff I'm not telling you because I feel that I'm a better parent than you I'm telling you that because I've been parenting longer than you and this is something similar that I've had to deal with with one of you know the six kids and so I was explaining that to to my group child like yeah kid let's I feel like with the with the child trafficking and uh, the child suicide rate and so many people violating kids, whether it be, you know, uh, uh, molestation, whether it be mental abuse, whether it be keeping, keeping the kids away from the other parent. It's so much of that going on that it's important for us to love these kids. Like it's important for us to be that light that these kids need nowadays so that they can focus on what they're supposed to focus on in their life. And we nurture them so that they can grow because as, Corny as it sound, they really are our future. I look at you know my age range and, and and what the future was for us, and I'm just I'm saddened by that. So that increases my love for uh for adopt adopting kids. It increases my want to want to adopt a kid. Not saying that I had a horrible parental situation, but society. It, where I grew up at and the time that I grew up in, like it was either you gang bang or you play football. Wasn't talking about engineers. Wasn't talking about artists besides tagging on the walls. Like there was no room for anything. And so that's why for me, it is important that when I'm, when I'm giving the, the responsibility of taking in kids, that I love those kids like they're mine. That I raise those kids like they're mine. I'm a part of a village. Like I, I ask my niece all the time, you know, what's up? What, what's this? What's that? Blah 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 blah. Like I talk to her, I don't try to take over her plan and how she raised her kids, but when these kids are here, I have to raise them how I know how. That is within your standard of what you want. But I like I'm gonna make sure that I'm doing my part. So when this situation is over and we are at a and, and, and everything is good, these kids are going to be better for what you and I was able to accomplish together on this situation that we have. So it's important to adopt kids if you can. Now, on the flip side, they were asking that, would you be able to give up your kid? And if again, if you know me. If you know me you know how much I love my babies. And this may surprise those of you who who, who know me. I thought about it and I said, you know what? Yeah. I would give up a kid for adoption. In the event that my mental health deterior- deteriorated To a point that it was affecting my kids and there was no close family to to get them. Yes, I would give if 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 giving them up was the better move for their growth, I would as much as I love my kids. If I was incapable financially and I'm not talking about I'm just going having kids. I'm not talking about I'm just going to have kids just to give them to the system. I mean, like I'm busting my ass and I'm working and doing everything I can, but I just can't provide. I can't put them in a safe living situation, no matter how hard I'm trying. Yes, I would, because you have to think about the kid you have to make sure that it. the responsibility is you're supposed to raise your kid to the best of your ability. and You're supposed to fight tooth and nail to make sure that your kid is okay. Um, you're supposed to make sure that you know they have food and they have clothes and they have all these things. And I get so mad, uh, like we talked about on social discrepancies, I get so mad when people, they just think like you just... Oh, you shouldn't have had kids because you couldn't afford kids. Like people don't really understand what happens, right? Again, like I told you, this is my podcast, so I'm going to be honest. So with COVID hitting, right? With COVID hitting, me being a single parent. With COVID hitting, I was supposed to, you know, get my federal tax return. Still didn't get it. Immediately. Immediately, I got worried. I got stressed because I'm like, man, I count on my taxes, not like everybody else. I count on my taxes so that at the end of the year, I can pay a few months rent. That way, I can catch up on whatever I need to catch up on. Right. I'm taking care of seven kids I have child support on one on an, on 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 the 8th right my federal tax never hit then the job stopped overtime if i don't have the support that i have and I'm just using this as a scenario because I'm going to hustle to no end to make sure everybody's good, period. If I was younger, me and still working at uh, selling computers or uh, when I was all right, I used to sell shoes at, at Big Five. Right. That salary would not cover none of this. I have family that if 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 it came down to it, they would take the kids. But say I don't have them, say I don't have that that family. I would seriously have to think about putting the kids up for adoption because my funds are depleted. There's like, I can't get a second job because I'm gonna have to put the kids in daycare and daycare costs money. So at, at the big five joint, that check not even fully covering daycare we not in the 80s when you can leave the kids in the car for your whole work shift as long as you can see you know as long as you can look out the window and see them they good and they just doing the homework because now kidnapping is high uh the kids have all these rules not saying i want to but i'm just giving you a scenario like I said that social discrepancy people don't realize things can happen. So it's not that oh well you have 10 kids, you shouldn't have 10 kids if you can't afford them. You don't know what happened? You don't you, you don't you don't know the mental state of that person to physically have to go and say, "Hey, I tried every single thing that I can and I can't care for these kids. It is best that they go into the system." Knowing everything that I know about the system, knowing how they'll separate kids and knowing that it's like I'll rather put them up for adoption before I allow them to be homeless with me. Younger me, I would have nah I'm a we gonna be homeless together. But I know how I feel as an adult when I when 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 I'm triggered by certain things that happen to me as a kid. You see what I'm saying? So before I allow Before I allow my kids to be homeless, they're either going to a different family member or my response to my group child was, yes, I would put them up for adoption. That gets into me getting me getting, you know, the question of blended families. Now, me and my ex were a blended family and her and I had discussed this before excuse me, how we spent so much time because my boys had, my boys were going through their mom leaving, right? They were still in that, like, I can't believe my mom left. Her boys had just had a traumatic experience on their end. And we spent so much time trying to we spent so much time trying to heal the kids. We didn't spend no time with us. We didn't put in the proper steps of make um, of securing where everybody stood. You see what I'm saying? We didn't we didn't do the 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 steps of. Hey, this is this is my new girl. Hey, this is they mom. Uh, you know we're done blah 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 whatever this is what the situation is. we didn't do none of that same with same with my ex's kids and i met I met their father it was very it was very brief but it was immediately chaotic it was immediately chaotic so it it just it affected me and my ex we never got a chance to really work on our relationship because we were we were we didn't build the wall properly around our relationship. So for me, like I'm a, I'm a guy and I'm, I'm, I'm not making any excuses when I say this. The comparison thing of maybe not saying you compare me to, but making slick comments. We both had that bad. We both had it bad to where it was constant comparison of whatever this situation, that situation and when well, my situation was like this and it was worse and in my situation like this and it was worse and we never we it, it just it created so much chaos. We never healed ourselves. Like I read somewhere that it says that bl- uh blended families Blended families have a higher success rate when you allow two to three years to pass prior um prior to getting in that relationship. And like anything else, I mean logically that two to three years is so bad um, I'm sorry. My throat is hurting so bad, but so that two to three years obviously is that healing time. It's that it's it's that uh, it's that crumbling of the foundation, and then allowing allowing whatever is supposed to uh, resolidify do so, so then you can move on, right? I told you guys before. For me, in my immature mind, I'm moving on. Like I, I'm 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 this habitual uh, dater. I, I'm not built to be alone, so if there's no closure. There's no healing. There's no nothing. Even though I'm not like taking it out. On, well, let me let me rephrase that because I'm a person that I'll shut down, right? I'll shut down and and not necessarily uh, uh, take things out on you, but as I learn in my older age, shutting down is taking things out on that person. Being accountable now and striving to striving to be accountable within myself, I've learned that shutting down is the like we're taught if you don't have nothing nice to say don't say anything at all i think that as an adult is the wrong lesson you have to be mature enough to say what you need to without being disrespectful that's why i always say as long as i'm not saying it from malice or hatred you're gonna to have to accept it or not you not that you're gonna to have to accept it i'm going to say what i say you're going to interpret it and process it how it is but for the sake of blended families I just hopped into the to the relationship. Like I'm not for sure how long off off the top of my head. I know, but like off the, like in in mid like I'm not sure how her transition was to me. I know that she had just came off a traumatic situation. I know that I had just come off a traumatic situation. Um and we just start we we hit the ground running, right? we hit the ground running but we never we never built together we never stopped and and it's always that we're so worried about the kids right as we should be but when it comes to blended families it's important that there is boundary set that everybody involved at uh, is respected Right? Everybody should be included at the level that they feel comfortable with. But there should be boundaries set. If if you are the 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 father, meaning me, and this is where I failed at, you should be able to tell your 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 kids' mom, hey, look, this is the relationship that I'm in. This person is gonna be around the kids. That's what it is. It's not like see younger, I'm like, I don't gotta tell her nothing this is my relationship, blah, 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 Then you start thinking about how chaotic that is. Like when you get older, it's like, dang, like why you couldn't just do that? Because this was the relationship that she was working on. This is the relationship that she was building. Uh, me and their mom didn't work out. So why couldn't I just do this? You see what I'm saying? And it's a two-way street. It's if 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 I tell you if you tell me hey I feel like something going on you know I I'm uncomfortable with how you deal with your your children's mother and I say hey well I am uncomfortable as well as what you do uh, how you deal with your children's father and there's no conversation about it like that's where we lose. That's where the, the the marriage breaks up. That's where the relationship breaks up because we're so focused on just looking good in front of the kids that we're not focused on what we need to handle mentally so that we can be happy as a family, not happy as parents because it's a difference. So there's a difference between being happy as a family and um, being happy in the relationship. Because what it is, is that we'll do whatever to, to, to make the kids good. So as long as they're good, we hide behind that. And we never focus on the relationship. We focus on if the kids are fed, if the kids are happy, do the kids have games? Do the kids have this? Do the kids have that? And as long as they have that, we hide behind it. And we, we, we put this facade of happiness when we are both miserable on the inside. And so we have this this uh uh ill-conceived uh uh thought that as long as the kids are good, then we are good, and that's not that's I can tell you that's not the way to go. That's how that relationship failed. We didn't put any. We didn't put safeguards in place. We didn't put, you know, we we didn't have the. Hey, this is this person. This is that. We didn't do those introductions. We didn't stop and say, Hey, what do you need? What are your expectations? That's why, for me now, as a thirty-eight year old in a relationship, I say, What is your expectations of me? What do you expect me to provide this relationship? What do you want me to bring to the table? And I in return. Tell my expectations. I'm a firm believer and I don't want you to bring the same thing to the table as me. So if we're blending our family and you the alpha and I'm already the alpha. Some like, we got to figure that out. If you the cooker, but I could like, you see what I'm saying? Because little things like how often do you clean up? How often do you cook? Uh, how often do you shop for the kids? Um, what is your disciplinary actions? What Like little stuff like that could affect the relationship. It's a difference between being happy as a family and happy, being happy as... Being happy in a relationship. So the expectation needs to be, hey, if we in this, we in this. And it needs to be clear. There's there, It don't need to be like... My ex... Like, like she used to, I'm not trying to be her friend or nothing like that, but it's important that you know she knows who I am. And I come from a very dysfunctional biological parenting situation that I'm like, well, I don't think that's that's smart because I'm only looking at the negative, I'm only looking at the negative that I know with my biological parents, but not the positive that. I saw with my stepfather who raised me with my mom. I'm so triggered by the negative but I'm not focused on the positive side of things that did go right. Because it's a it, it's it's trauma. It's trauma of wanting a better a, a better relationship with the biological situation. We have to if if it, it like We have to get to a point to where everybody could be adults. Jealousy is inevitable, but it can be tamed if you are able to just be upfront and be open. It's very hard because ego gets in the way of a lot of blended families. Um, thinking how I thought you girl, you don't, I'll deal with her. No, 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 no. Because it's funny. Like I believe, I believe in God. I'm very spiritual. And, um, I used, to be a, I used to be a minister at one point. And when I got really into the word and just really into just logistics of life, I started understanding like, I'm not saying my girl can't have a conversation with a man, but it's certain conversation that don't have with, with my girl. Right? And when my ex was like, like, I'm telling, I'm telling her nah, I deal, I deal with their mom. That was a slap in her face because it's like, if we end this, either we both deal, or we figure out, uh, we we figure out a way to where it's always a group deal, but everybody knows what's what. It's no secrets. It ain't no. Uh, uh, it ain't no backhanded conversation. No conniving stuff. Not saying that every single conversation needs to be a group conversation. That's irrational. But if 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 that's gonna build the confidence of the relationship, you know, especially up front, because I don't care how long you haven't been with someone. Meaning, if you if if you you could not have been with your with your uh, children's other parent for years. The moment you get with someone, they're gonna increasingly want to see what's going on. It's human ta- it's it's human nature. I've seen it. I've been a part of it. So it's important to to tame that jealousy. It's it's important to create that wall around the relationship as well as the family. We can't just we can't just blend these families and then now Instead of us being a cohesive unit, it's us just raising kids. Man, you can't stand each other because I'm dealing with my baby mama. You don't like the way she talked to me. You don't like that I help her. You dealing with your baby daddy. I don't like, you know, how he look at you or I don't like what he say, blah, 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 blah. Because we don't have that communication. That jealousy is still high because neither of us have put our foot down and said this is this and that is that. My stepson used to say that all the time. Be talking to him, and as y'all know, I'm long winded. Excuse me, and this is before I really knew that I was really going through, you know, something mentally. So I, I'm just going over and over and over, and then he saw us say that this is this and that is that, and we would all laugh because it's like, "Fam, don't don't do that." But it's it it is. This is like you when you in a when you bring together a blended a blended family, that's what it is. It is a blended family and all egos need to be set aside, not only for the greater good of the kids, but for the greater good of the adult. And you have to be strong enough to know that the blend is not good. You have to be strong enough to know that. It doesn't matter if my kids like my ex. It doesn't matter if... uh, Her kids liked me. The kids liked each other. Her and I were at a dysfunction and we had to get away from each other. In doing that, I learned like, oh, I handled that way wrong. She handled that way wrong. There was no, there was no boundary set in peace. Everything came off like an ultimatum. And both of our egos were biggest blimps that we didn't see that. We didn't see like, like instead of me saying, yo, why are you, why are you aggressive? Or her saying, yo, why are you aggressive when you say that? Why you, why you can't just, why we can't have a conversation? We just button heads because we're both, we both have the custody of the kids. So we're so used to doing every single thing alone at this point. Who are you to tell me this? Who are you to tell me that we're not working? We're not, we're we're not communicating on how to make us better. We're not communicating on uh, the things and steps that we need to take. We're not communicating on, yo, this is why I deal with her like this. Or yo, this is why I deal with him like this. It is what it is. You don't, don't, there's no reason we should be mad at anybody outside of our house. Her and I had a, a very bad problem with that. So when you are trying to blend a family for the sake of the kid's mental health, for the sake of yourself, it is important that you have your relationship tight before you blend. And if you are still, uh, unless your ex is dead and completely out of your life, it is very important that even if you only talk to your ex once once a month, it is very important to get those boundaries set mentally because it creates these mazes of confusion and chaos all in your mind and it just brings down the foundation of what you're trying to build because there is no it's constant comparison it's 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 natural jealousy that increases because neither of you are willing to just stop in and hear each other out neither of you are are um really thinking about it also when it's some, when it's a long when it's a long term relationship in and in, in that you that you just came out of and now it's the first relationship that you've had and that person's like yo but I have a right to feel threatened like like in my situation I grew up with my son's mom for 14 you see what i'm saying i grew up with her we we my son is 14 right now me and his mom met each other at the age he is now so with my ex it's like yo like how do i compete with that and not like in a in a naggy truly competitive way but it's like fam i don't you not presenting the situation right. So I feel like, like something is, is wrong. I feel like you're hiding something. I feel like I don't belong here. You see what I'm saying? So that's why it's important that that relationship, that, that you stand on whatever it's supposed to be and be okay with it. I know it's fearful. I know you, I I know it's scary to tell someone that you have kids with that you're in a new relationship because the the again, that societal discrepancy, don't have no bitch around my kids. Don't have no no man around my kid. Like why? My ex made it very 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 clear to my kids. I am a bonus. Not trying to replace your mom. That is your mom, regardless of what was going on. And at that time, like some things could have been said. Like she could have said some things about my kid's mom um, because of what was going on. I could have said some things about her kid's dad because of what was going on. But she always made it clear, and I always made it clear to her kids this is not a replacement. No matter what you go through with your biological parents, them is still your parents. Them is still your parents and you going to love them or feel whatever you going to feel whether, whether you want to or not. So who am I? Who is she to come in and say, I'm here to replace your parents? I'm here to, re- no. She made it very clear that I'm not trying to replace your mom. And we worked on that. We worked on, you know, loving on the kids because they were all at the same time going through, you know, some sort of trauma. But we never worked on her or not. So the key is to make sure you stay focused on the relationship as equal as you stay focused on making sure the kids are good and taken care of. You make sure that you, 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 you set your foundation correctly. You set it so where... It can't, nobody on the outside could break it because you guys already have your understanding. You guys already understand, look, this is the time that I get with my kids or in my case, my kids, you know, uh, at that time, at that time, I had the lesser of the percentage. But making sure that, hey, this is when I have my kids or in her case, yo, these kids live here all the time. I have 1 million percent custody. While you're working on that, you got to work on the relationship. You got to work on, you got to figure out um, what gets you guys going, what makes you happy. You got to make sure that there you to kill those comparisons, because even though like when you're with somebody for a long time, it's very difficult to drop certain things. You have to you have to try hard. If you really love somebody, you'll try to to drop those comparisons. You really will. I know it's like it's second nature because this is a new relationship of one year, two year, and you've been with this person, you know, for 10. And so it's so hard to get those type of things out of who you are. But if you love somebody, you'll try. You'll make your partner feel important. It's not just about the kids blending. It's about making sure that you don't get with somebody and ruin them uh, uh, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. Like I'm very cognizant of that, of who I deal with. I'm very cognizant of who I allow to deal with me because along with the soul ties and and the energy, that mental connection and and what happens when you begin to feel less than is something that I never want to feel. I never want anybody else to feel that from me, and I had to grow to that, so I know better now. And I'm uh, and, and I'm I'm open and I'm free to tell you guys like that's that's part of the depression that I have because I don't like hurting people. I don't like discord. I don't like I don't like chaos. Other than like my kids, chaos dog, and and I'm always like, oh, they get on my nerves. That chaos I love. Because those are my babies and, and that's what we built. But that I, I don't want to create chaos in another uh, person's life from my immaturity. So I had to understand when blending, I got to focus on the person that I'm trying to blend with. We're going to raise the kids and we're going to figure that out. But if me and you can't figure out the blend and me and you can't put each other on a certain on a certain pedestal and stand back to back and fight, is it even worth it? I love y'all. Hope y'all enjoyed the pod. I hope y'all got something um, from the pod. Um, I want to leave you guys with this. Never cash out time without meaning. Take that for what it is, interpret it however you want to interpret it. But always remember, it'll make sense in the end.